The Leaderpreneur Show, Episode 33, Communicating Bad News and Behind the Scenes. Let's go. Welcome back, my friends, to the Leaderpreneur Show, the podcast for leaders to deepen their knowledge while exploring an entrepreneurial journey to start a thriving online business of their own. Once again, I'm your host, Stephen Faust, and I'm here with my great and good friend, Michael Tanner. Michael, my friend, how is it going this week, sir? Man, Stephen, I am doing great. How about yourself? I am doing super fantastic. I can't complain. Excellent. Excellent. Well, I, I have determined that uh, when I do complain, nobody listens. Yes. So I might as well not complain anyway. Yeah, that's, uh, that's yeah. I've learned long ago that complaints end up in the trash can with uh, a lot of other things. So, yeah, you're yeah. right. You know, I try to focus on the positive as much as I can, although I'm human. I can tend to have a little pity party every now and then. But, uh, you know, with everything going on in the world, things are beginning to slowly open up you know, slowly but surely, depending on where you might be living out there. And I would just encourage you and everyone to not let your guard down, keep keep up these safe practices, because we just really don't know how this is all going to play out. Uh, so we have to be a little cautious. And that's the way we're doing things here in Arizona. Yeah, same here in Georgia. I mean, things are starting to get back to, I guess, what we call normal. Uh, you know, it's not at all like it was before. Uh, yet, and and I'm not sure it'll ever be exactly what it was before, uh, but at least it's getting back to some semblance of normal. My family and I, we actually went out to dinner. When was that? Uh, Friday night. Um, Friday night, we actually went out to dinner. Um, we purposefully chose a restaurant that had outdoor seating, uh, and then even outdoors, they had everybody. You know, all the tables were like 15 and 20 feet apart, uh, and then they have a a maximum number of people that they can have in the restaurant anyway. So, uh, but it was nice to, to get out of the house. I've said it a million times. The only fever we've experienced so far is cabin fever. And so getting out of the house, uh, it, it was nice, but we're kind of getting back to normal a little bit. Did you uh, have to make a reservation or was it hard to get in? Was there a big wait? No, there, there wasn't a big wait, uh, but that's because not pe- not many people are getting out and about yet. But, uh, you know, as things start to open up, restaurants and businesses like that, they're going to have to go to some type of reservation or something like that because they can only allow in like a quarter of their normal capacity. And, you know, you can't have people just waiting in line out, outside. That defeats the purpose too. Uh, so they've got to, they're going to have to do something as the, the crowds get back out. Yeah, it's, it's interesting. You know, one way to mitigate that for everyone out there is pick a really crappy restaurant that no one likes, and chances are you won't have a wait. That's so, exactly right. That's exactly right. That is one option. That is one option. That is one option. Well, yeah. I'm, I'm glad to hear that you and your family are doing well, and uh, kind of we're all continuing continuing to adjust to this. And uh, you know, just you know, we got to we got to keep our keep our guard up, and everything's going to be okay. So, what is on tap for us this week, my friend? Hey, you know, it's uh, it's really ironic. You know, some of our podcast episodes here are scripted in that you and I, we kind of compare notes. Uh, other parts of our podcast, our audience can probably tell it very unscripted. And the first few conversations that you and I have or, or the first, you know, back and forth dialogue on all of our podcasts are unscripted. And here we were. We just talked about complaining. 
And we just talked about, you know, kind of trying to get back to normal with this coronavirus thing and how fitting that we started the podcast that way, because today we're going to talk about communicating bad news. Right. And just to allude back to what we talked about, when you're communicating bad news, just let me tell you this. Don't complain about it. Right. You, you can't be complaining when you're talking about bad news. Right. And I think we've all received a little bit of bad news, probably of late as it relates to this coronavirus thing. So that's what we're going to talk about today, communicating bad news to your team. How's that sound? Sounds like a winner. It sounds like I need to, to, I don't know if I should go back and edit all my complaints out. (laughs) Probably, probably not. Uh, You know, we are human. We, we, um, we certainly have challenges at times, but that doesn't mean we don't always try to, you know, work towards uh, all of the good things. So uh, looking forward to it. Let's go ahead and dig in. Well, no, we just, you know, we offer up our complaints, you know, as examples. That's what we're doing. We're doing, we're just giving our audience examples. That is, that's what I meant to say. Right. Yes, sir. So let me talk about my first bullet point here as it relates to communicating bad news. So here we are, we're on episode number 33 of our podcast. And the first bullet point I want to give you as it relates to communicating bad news is you've got to go back, especially if you haven't done so, you've got to go back and listen to episode number 32. In episode number 32, Steve and I, we talked about um, communicate, you know, team communication, communicating to your team. We talked about a number of different bullet points of, of uh, you know, methods and, and best practices around communicating to your team. And when it relates to communicating bad news to your team, those same bullet points still apply. And so you want to go back and listen to episode number 32. We talked about, you know, being prepared to... Uh, to give the details, we talked about, you know, you, you've got to talk about the what, you've got to talk about the why, you've got to talk about what's in it for them. Uh, you know, we, we talked about you because of differing personalities, you've got to be able to or be willing to communicate it in different ways. We talked about that it's got to be uh, repeated. It's got to be, a, you know, kind of a continuous communication. So just know that when you're communicating bad news, you still have to rely on those practices that we talked about in episode number 32 related to team communication in general, because they still apply to bad news, even when you're giving bad news. So there's your first bullet point. How, what's your thoughts on that one, Stephen? Well, it sounds like homework to yes. me, Michael. Yes. yes so we, we do assign homework from time to time. The good news is, is uh, hopefully if you're heading back into the office soon, that's something you can pop in and make the drive uh, go a little bit quicker. But yeah, it is important, right? Because we, we kind of lay building blocks at times here and they do, you, it's not necessarily, you know, you have to go listen to it, but if you want to get the full context and you really want to think about this holistically, it's really good to go back and listen to episode 32 because it'll put, put other things into perspective. So yeah, I encourage you to do that. And, and I would encourage you, um, especially for our listeners that are subscribers to the podcast, well, I'm confident you've already listened to episode 32 anyway. Those of you that haven't listened to episode 32 because you're not subscribed to the podcast, you've got to head over to leaderpreneurshow.com and subscribe to the podcast. I promise it's in almost any podcast directory that you're familiar with. So leaderpreneurshow.com, subscribe to the podcast. That way, when we assign homework, it's likely you've already done the homework. So there you go. And the homework is also to go subscribe to the podcast. Yes. Yes. We know we appreciate that. We appreciate all our listeners out there. All right. So let's uh, let's get into more specific action items here or bullet points here around delivering bad news, communicating bad news. We talked about it a little bit in episode 
32, but I want to talk about it again because it's very, very important. So the second thing I'll offer for you as it relates to communicating bad news is it has to be timely. You've got to communicate, especially bad news, in a timely manner. I used to work with an individual who had a saying, um, and his saying was, bad news never gets better over time. It just, you know, if you've got bad news to deliver, it just doesn't get better over time. And uh, he was uh, he was kind of in charge of project management. Those individuals that are are leading projects and communicating the status of projects and what he was wanting from his team. He wanted bad news to be delivered to him right away, immediately. Right. Because he knew that, like, say, a project is missing a milestone or something. Well, you can't really impact that. Right. You can't change that if you don't know about it. And the more time that passes, probably the worse that's going to get, right? And so that was the point that he was making is that if you've got bad news, you've got to deliver it quickly, right? You've got to communicate that quickly because, it, you know, chances are it's, time just isn't going to magically make that bad news better. In most cases, it's actually going to make it worse. And I think one of the worst things, you, especially as a leader of a team, one of the worst things that can happen to your team is they experience the, um, you know, the, the consequences of some kind of bad news before you tell them, right? They experience it before you tell them. That's probably one of the worst cases you could have as it relates to being a leader and communicating bad news. So when you have bad news to share with your team, one of the most important things you can do is share that quickly with your team. Do it in a timely manner. Don't wait because you don't want your team to experience the consequences of it before you get a chance to share it with them. What's your thoughts on timeliness, Stephen? Yeah, t- timely is is very critical. And as you, you mentioned with the doesn't get better over time, kind of like wine, right? It's not wine. Doesn't get better. It's not cheese. It doesn't uh, just sit there and ferment and all of a sudden get better, right? So it's important that timely, but what I want to say about timeliness is don't mistake timeliness, meaning you got to do it quickly with doing it hastily. Mm. Right. So what I think about is we always want to get the information out as soon as we can. We want to share, we want to, we want to be as transparent as possible, but we want to do so when we have the detail, have the facts, have the reality. We don't want to just rush out and do it for the sake of, making it done in five minutes versus 15 minutes when 15 minutes is going to provide the reality, the facts, all of the data points that you need to be able to communicate the message properly. So hastily, not hastily, but timely. So you just got to, you've got to think about the difference between the two and make sure that you kind of connect those dots while doing that. And, and chances are, in, in most organizations, you have this you have this underground network of communication that's happening with people. And it's that's human behavior. Right. So many times they know this bad news is coming. Mm-hmm. They know it's coming. They may not have all the detail. They may not have all the facts. They may have heard the rumors. They may have heard, you know, a bit or a piece of it, which they're now, as we've said in in prior episodes, what does a human mind do? It goes in and fills in the gaps with the worst possible scenario. So that's why not being hasty is important because you've got to really fill in those gaps. 
because chances are they may not have the full story, but they likely have bits and pieces of things they've heard and rumors they've heard, and mm-hmm. they've kind of triangulated that in their head. So I think about that as well. It's timely. Yes. Hastily. No, get out there, give them, give the team the right information uh, that you have. And sometimes you don't have all the right information. Sometimes you don't have, you know, the 10 data points, you only have seven and you still need to get out there, but do it intentionally, be intentional, do it when you think you are at the right point of that communication and just get in front of it. Cause chances are there's going to be some people on your team that are not going to be shocked and surprised by it. Yeah. That's, that's a very good point, Stephen. I mean, you can't, you need to do it in a, in a timely manner, but you definitely don't want to do it in an unprepared manner. So to your point, if you do it so hastily that you're unprepared, then you're going to do something that another individual I used to work with, you're going to violate one of his uh, principles. And his principle was don't spook the herd. Uh, if you go and communicate to your team and you're unprepared to do so, uh, then you're just going to scare everyone, right? You're going to, you're going to spook everybody and scare everyone because you're delivering bad news, but you don't know all the details of it and you can't really explain it properly, probably, and, and all that. So yeah, to your point, you don't want to do it in a hasty manner. You want to be prepared to share with the team the bad news. Now, sometimes you do find yourself in this gray area to your point of you need 10 data points, but at the moment, you've only been able to collect seven of them. Well, at some point, you have to make the call and say, well, I can't wait any longer. I've got to go to the team and and deliver the bad news now because I can't wait any longer. And in that case, you just got to acknowledge the amount of information you do know, and you've got to acknowledge the information that you're still yet to obtain, right? So uh, great point. It can't be hasty. You can't be unprepared, but you do have to do it in a timely manner. And, you know, we know, we all know of a leader of that leader who, you know, is it Bob, is it Susie, is it whoever we we've all seen that leader who kind of emboldens himself and feels like, you know, oh, look at me. I know more than everybody else. And they rush out there and they provide information and it's haphazard and they feel like they puff up their chest. Look at me. I know more than you. And uh, I'm going to tell you what I know. And then they end up filling in the blanks and they get the message confused and crossed. They end up sending uh, not only uh, not only lack of information, but misinformation. And it really confuses, creates chaos and it undermines your ability to be a credible leader. So something that um, that I think about, too, because I've seen I've seen it a lot. And we all know who those leaders are. Don't be one of those leaders. And, and if you're if you just think first and be intentional and to your point and to Michael's point, you you may not have those last three data points, but you have to get out in front of it because it is a potential uh, it's out there. You've got to you've got to control the message from the organization, meaning you've got to uh, add some clarity and you've got to create some calm where maybe it's already the rumor mill is going crazy and you can't wait. So uh, that's something I think about as well is don't be one of those crazed leaders who feels like they have to show everybody how in the loop they are. Right. Yeah, I agree. No, I totally agree. That's a very, very good point because yeah, you're exactly right. We've seen and experienced those types of leaders and you don't want to be one. Um, Well, let's get to, I guess for me, it's a bullet point number three here. And that is uh, in your communication of the bad news, just get right to the point, right? Get right to the bad news. 
Um, what I see too many leaders do in these times, well, first of all, I see them make the mistake of not doing it in a timely manner. And that's usually because, you know, they just, I mean, it, it's stressful to have to deliver bad news. And so they hold off and they hold off and they hold off. So they, uh, so they're violating principle number two there that I said timeliness. But then when they actually do have the meeting, they call together a meeting to deliver the bad news they'll have several bullet points to share and the bad news is the last one. And so they'll put, you know, a couple of other bullet points up there. Well, to the point you were making earlier, almost everybody there knows that we're here to hear some type of bad news, probably, especially if it's one of those kind of impromptu called meetings, right? Where you, you kind of call everybody into a meeting, you know, an hour from now, uh, you don't have all hands meetings with one hour notice, unless it's really, really good news or bad news. And so everybody comes to this meeting and they, they're they expecting, to your point, or maybe they've heard the rumors, hey, there's some bad news. And then if you, in, in conducting that meeting or that communication with your team, if you just go through, you know, a, a few bullet point items of just random communication, just regular communication of some sort before you get to the bad news, your team isn't hearing any of that. They're just waiting for the shoe to drop, right? They're sitting there on the edge of their seat or whatever. They're, they're waiting for all that bad news. So for two reasons, you want to get right to the bad news, right to the point. One, because they're not hearing all the other stuff you're, you're saying anyway. And two, you're just making their anxiety and their worry and, and to the point you were making earlier, Stephen, all those bad stories they're making up in their mind, they're just making up more of those while you talk. So when you bring the team together, just get right to it, right? And, it, and it's okay to say, hey, team, I've got some bad news i got to share with you here. Let's talk about this and, it, you know, and just kind of start talking about it. But don't, don't fill your communication or your meeting with a lot of other stuff before you start um, uh, delivering the bad news. Get right to the point on that one. Yeah, it's it's interesting. And, and just to call it what it is, a lot of leaders are just scared. Right. And that's normal. That's OK. It is. Yeah. It, uh, but I think the way you mitigate that is you go in there with a plan. Right. You go in there and, and don't start thinking about what you're going to say the moment the light goes on and people are standing in front of you. Right. Kind of walk through it in your head to say, OK, I have to deliver a piece of bad news. Maybe I have to announce some layoffs. Maybe I have to talk about we're not going to be giving out bonuses this year. Maybe, you know, I don't I don't know what the bad news might be, but insert the bad news in there. And, and, and before you walk on you know stage, air quotes, uh, think about the message. Think about the words you use. Language matters. How do you how do you articulate it? And if you do that, it's going to re- release some of this anxiety that you might have and and help get you through this. And and I understand that because I've had those same you know feelings and emotions over time as well. And I still do. It just depends on a lot of things. It depends on the mood that you're in. It depends on how things are going at home. It depends on uh, the relationships you have at work. And they all play a part in how much anxiety you could personally have when you go into delivering some bad news. But one way to mitigate it is be intentional. Think about those one, two, three points that you want to make. And to your point, Michael, about, you know, don't, don't delay the bad news. Don't try to sugarcoat it with, uh, 
all the different things. And we're going to get into that for sure. But what do you say in the South? Don't him haul around. Yeah. Don't him haul around. Don't beat around the bush. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Don't him haul around uh, for, for those. Uh, we don't have a Southern, uh, a Southern kind of translator here. That's Michael is a Southern translator. Yeah. Dad gummit. Don't him haul around. Dad gummit. Don't <laughs> him haul around. And, and kind of like the old term people use, you know, bluff bottom line up front, right? Put the bottom line up front. If you think about, you know, start with the bottom line up front, and then you can talk about talk about uh, the level of detail you want to. If you want to get into the why or the or a little more of the what, uh, based on the relationships and the type of organization you have, then you can do that. But but you're right. People are already assumed. You don't call uh, out an all hands meeting an hour before. And I've seen it being at big corporations where um, all of a sudden you get an email from the president or the vice president or somebody that says, uh, we're going to have a 15 minute meeting in 30 minutes from now. Yeah, right. Whoa. Well, that's obviously great news. Right. So yeah, that we all know that that's okay. And then leaders start calling each other. What do you think it is? And oh my gosh, and you have all that going on. And then the rumor mill starts and then you yes. have all the, so don't play into that. Be intentional of how you approach that, and it'll help you navigate those conversations much easier. Yeah, you know, you made a really good point that brings to mind, as we were talking about earlier, about be prepared, right? Don't don't rush in in a hasty manner and all. And as it relates to kind of get right to the point and communicate the bad news, be prepared with that as also, and to the point you were making, think about what you're going to say as you deliver that bad news. And I would suggest this to you even, practice saying it. Get in front of the mirror and practice saying those things that you need to say to your team that that is relating, is communicating the bad news. There's no shame in that. There's no, you know, it doesn't mean that you're a bad leader or a poor communicator or whatever if you practice. Here's what it means. It means you care enough about your people to communicate properly. That's why you're practicing. It means you're a great leader because you care enough to practice your communication so that you can communicate it in an effective manner to your team in a way that they'll understand it, they'll get it, and and it won't scare them to death. So, yeah, as a part of getting right to the point and being prepared, practice, you know, what you're going to say if you need to do that. And, And here's something I've done around practice. It's a great point, and I didn't think about that, is... You know, if, if you're a leader in an office or some, and you don't have a mirror, you know, literally a mirror, take your phone out, put it on the forward facing camera. Yeah, there you go. And look at yourself because what's important, and my wife tells me this all the time, uh, you need to tell your face that, right? Because you can say words and they could sound great, but if your facial expression is telling a different story, People are going to see that and people are going to not hear the words. They're going to say, this guy is over there making all of these faces that say it's not matching up with his yeah. words. So you got to tell your face to follow the words. And, and sometimes by looking at yourself in your in your phone on your forward facing camera, it will help you. You go, man, I didn't realize I was like squinching up my my mouth like that. You know, you've just got to think about that because little things like that can make a big difference in how the communication is received. Oh, that's a very good point. We, we communicate in so many ways, certainly just our voice. That's not that's not the only way. So, yes, every, all the other mannerisms and facial expressions and all that, all of that is communicating. So, yes, practice it all. 
So as you're practicing, we're going to get to, to bullet point number, let's see, I, I guess it's bullet point number four here, where I've got a number of cliches I can use here. As you're getting to the point, get right to the bad news, then you don't want to candy coat it. You don't want to sugarcoat it. You don't want to beat around the bush. I don't know how many cliches I can come up with. But my point is, you're not trying to sell this as, you know, as less than it really is. And in fact, with leaders, when they're communicating bad news, what I explain to them is, I explain to them, try attempt to explain the potential of the worst case scenario, right? Now, you want to be careful in doing this. And I'm going to go back to a phrase I used earlier. You don't want to spook the herd, right? So you don't want to scare everybody, but it's okay as you're, as you're explaining just how bad this bad news could be, it potentially will be, then you want to kind of at least articulate and explain the potential worst case scenario. Um, and, you know, a lot of leaders, they're, they're afraid to do that. But to the point you were making earlier, Stephen, if you don't explicitly describe the potential worst case scenario, I promise those in the audience, they're going to make up in their mind even worst case, right? Uh, they're going to make up cases that are even worse than, than probably what you're going to explain to them as the, the you know potential worst case scenario. So let me give you a for instance. I mean, we're all experiencing this coronavirus thing now, and it is impacting different businesses in really, really different ways, right? Some businesses are, are deemed essential, and therefore, you know, their business model is, is impacted very, very little. Uh, maybe some of their revenue in terms of their customer and sales and, and all are, are revenue and revenue is impacted, but how they operate is not impacted at all. Other businesses have been completely shut down, right? They've been told by their city or state or even federal governments, you're going to close the doors, right? And so businesses are impacted in different ways. And it's important as a leader in those situations to explain the potential worst case, right? So uh, in our business, for instance, um, the, the absolute worst case is that people might get laid off. People might, you know, lose their jobs as a part of this. There's some there's some other cases that are they're less severe, like furloughs and things like that. And so, what's important in this communication is to say, look, worst case, people might have, you know, if, if revenues go south too much, then we may have to lay people off. But here's the other thing. Here's the other things that we're going to do to avoid that worst case. We're, you know, we're going to we're going to all take, you know, five days of furlough to cut costs. We're all we're going to all stop traveling. We're going to all. Right. So it's it's OK to put out there. Here's the potential worst case scenario. And here's the things that we're doing in hopes of avoiding that worst case scenario. Because if you don't put the worst case scenario out there, they're going to make them up. Everybody's going to make up the worst case scenario, and it's likely their scenario is going to be worse than reality. So you got to can't candy coat it. You got to put it out there. Talk about worst case. Yeah, and people sniff that out instantly too, right? When you start when you start with uh, trying to spin it, the old spin room here, and spin this message into something that it's not, people will. People realize that they they know your personality, they know your style, and they'll know that's a bunch of 
hooey. Mm-hmm. I don't know if that's a southern term, but I've heard it, hooey. it must be hooey. Yeah, yeah. hooey. So you know, people people are smart. They're they get it. People understand. And like a, a good buddy of mine, Larry Dodd, told me, who is from the South, uh, he told me, you know, these are all big old grown up people. Yeah. Right. In other words, let me translate that for people who don't live in the South. These are adults. Yes. Right. These are adults who have the same challenges and aspirations in life as you do. They get it. They're smart people and they will sniff and smell out any of that, any of that. So don't sugarcoat it. They can take it. People can take it. They may not like it. Right. Right. Because we as leaders may not like it. Right. But we have a different obligation to the organization to to navigate the circumstance differently with an intentional, positive vibe to it, to not scare the workforce, to not create panic, to not cause people to become less productive, to cause projects to stall, because we still have to run the organization. And if we succumb to all of those possibilities that could happen that are negative, that's going to be further reason why some of these things might happen because we have stalled as a company because we're spending our days and, and thoughts and worrying about all of these things and we're not going to be as productive and it's going to further accelerate our, our negative news that we might be having. So it's incumbent on us as leaders to be able to, to share a clear, crisp, message that's not layered in in fluff and stuff and sugar and all of those cliches that you mentioned michael that big old grown up people these are adults they can take it doesn't mean they like it doesn't mean they enjoy it doesn't mean they'll agree with it heck we may not have all those things in our heart and mind as well but we're in a different area of responsibility to have to communicate this and to get the organization through these tough times. So I would say clarity is important. Uh, that, that whole bottom line up front mentality, uh, people are, you have to assume that these folks are, are really smart people who can take it. And again, everybody responds differently. I've used the analogy before. If you, if you respond or react, right, it's, it's if I get a medication and I don't have it and I break out in hives, I'm having a reaction. That's a bad thing. If I respond and start getting better, that's a good thing. And people are the same way. If you give them the right message, the right clarity, the non-sugar, fluffy coated message, they will respond better then if you don't, they will react. And that is a negative. So I think of it in those terms. Yeah, no, that's a great point. And, and it leads right into my last bullet point that I'll share with our audience. And, and it, 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 uh, this last bullet point is really, really going to enable those that are hearing this bad news to respond in a positive way, the way you're talking about there, Stephen. I mean, you know, you've done it in a timely manner. You got to get right to the point. You've talked about the worst case scenario. And now if you really want a good, proper, good, positive response from your team, as you're talking about there, Stephen, then you want to you want to close out this communication with an encouraging message of hope related to togetherness. Now, be clear on what I'm talking about here. I'm not talking about closing out this bad news communication with some type of false hope that isn't true that you're giving to your team. That's not what I'm talking about. So 
you know, in this coronavirus, COVID-19 pandemic that we find ourselves in, you would never or you should never get in front of your team and talk about the bad news. We may have furloughs. We may have layoffs. Oh, but don't worry. This thing's not all that bad. It'll pass soon and we'll be fine. No, that's a that's a false hope. That's a you know, that's a platitude that you're trying to use to encourage your team. You've talked about the worst case. You've talked about just how bad this might be. To encourage your team now, you simply want to give an encouraging message of hope around togetherness. We are in this together. We've talked about just how bad this thing might be, but we're not alone. We're in it together. We're going to work our way through this. You know, and you can talk about, hey, we'll be stronger, you know, when this is over, because it's likely that as you get through bad times, you know, relationships are going to be better. You're going to be stronger as a team and all that. So your encouraging encouragement in your closing of this communication, it's got to be related to togetherness. Don't give your team some kind of platitudes or or some type of false hope that uh, that it's going to be easy because they know better. They're adults. They know better. And and, you know, if you try to do those those falsehoods of hope, then they're going to lose respect for you, that you're going to lose credibility as a leader. And instead, your message needs to be around. Yeah, this is probably going to be hard. This is probably going to be tough. But we're in this together. You, me, we're all in this together and we're going to get through this. So that's how you want to close out your bad news communication so that you enable and empower your people to respond in a positive manner the way you were talking about, Stephen. Yeah, it's that, and that's so critical, right, that that you've delivered this information, this message and you've gotten through this, but if you don't end this with an up note, right? If you don't end this with some positivity, then you've missed a huge opportunity as a leader. And I would suggest that you, just as I would say, before you go out, you, you take a few minutes, think about the message you want to send, be intentional about it. You also want to think about what that close is, what you want to close this discussion with or this information with. I'd think about that. And the way I've done this in the past is and the way I do it, uh, I do a 10 minute town hall every week and I do a monthly town hall. And the coronavirus certainly is is something that, you know, none of us expected, but we all have to kind of deal with and, and figure out a way to go forward successfully. And wh- what I do at times is I end whatever I'm discussing or sharing or informing. I, I try to end it with not only a positive message, uh, you know, we're in this together, guys. Hey, you know, we're right here, all of us together. Uh, it's not an us versus them thing, right? It's like, hey, you know, leaders are going to be okay. You guys, good luck with that. No, it's it's really we, 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 the organization, we, the team. We, it, it's all about us. It's not about me. It's not about you. It's about us. And and I think that, that you know, is such an important message to the team. And you can end in this with, you know, I know it's a tough time. I know we're, we're dealing with some things we know, and we're going to probably have some things we don't know at this point. But if we're going to, to come out of this is positioned as best as possible, 
here are like three things we should stay focused on, right? Because we don't want the organization to go back and, and go back to their work areas or go back to their project or go back to their small teams or groups and then just spend the day around the water cooler talking about all the things that are going on and not working because that's going to further magnify the, the impact of the organization. So, hey, guys, hey, ladies, this is these are the three things we've got to continue to stay focused on shipments, for example. Right. Don't let shipments go down because when we ship more, well, what, why is that? Why are you? Because when we ship and we can stay consistent and we increase our shipments, we are mitigating these risks and exposures to our business and helping our customers. So let's not slow down the pace because that will only magnify things going the wrong direction for us. Right. So maybe end it with, with a, that positive message about togetherness and team and us but you also talk about what, what are one or two or three things that we can all do collectively to make the best, to make lemonade out of these lemons, right? And be in a little bit better position than we might have been otherwise. So I think of it in those terms, but it's such an important thing that you mentioned, Michael. You've got to end with an up note, a togetherness message to ensure that your organization, your team, whether it's a team of two or a team of 200, that they understand that there is this light at the end of the tunnel and that we are all working to make it as bright as possible. So that's where I would close up my comments on that is um, just making sure we think in those terms. Yeah, no, that's a very good point, Stephen, as you, as you close out with that encouragement and that togetherness and so forth, if you can also be very tactical in sending the team now out to go and do these very tactical things, especially if they are things that, you know, very tactically start to mitigate some of the bad news that you have, that is great to, do, to close out your communication with that. Because to your point, it, 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 they, they can leave that meeting with this, you know, this encouragement, this, this sense of hope that, hey, we're in this together. But then they also leave that meeting with something very tangible that they can go and do that makes an impact. Because it, to your point, if, if we don't give them that something to go do, then it's the water cooler, it's the rumors, it's the that kind of thing that happened, which, you know, to some degree that's going to happen anyway, but you want them to be able to leave there and, and go impact this bad news in some way. So if you can give them some tactical steps to to go and leave the, leave the meeting and go and do, that's phenomenal as well. Excellent. Excellent. So I think that'll wrap us up on this topic. Yes, any, any other final thoughts before we transition over? Well, no, I mean, I think from a leadership standpoint, your call to action is when you've got bad news, prepare quickly and then go deliver that bad news. Get right to the point. Talk about worst case as necessary, but close it out with you're a team and you're in this together and you're going to get through this together. Encourage your team with that when you communicate. Yeah, it's a great message. Uh, it's something that all the listeners can, I think, benefit from. It benefits us. And um, it, it's going to be okay. You can get through this and uh, there will be there will be a brighter day ahead for sure. So as we transition to behind the scenes, one of the things we talked about, I say this every week, I don't, I don't, we never really do it, but I think about it every week and I say it before you hit the record button. Let's make this a crisp 30 minute episode. So I just, I'm just <laughs> that's I'm, funny. I'm, I'm kind of, uh, almost like a, uh, just a, I have to say it every week. Uh, we're at 38 minutes and you know, I, I think about it, it says we, we love talking about this we, stuff. We right? do, yes. 
this is, you know, I, I geek, you nerd. I mean, it's, it's, it's what we do. I think that 30 minute episode, when it, when the topic is leadership between the two of us, that, that might be an impossibility. Yeah. I just, you know, it, we love leadership. Yes. We, we love leadership. And that's why I love the format of this podcast is because to sit and talk about it in isolation with one person, eh, it's sure it could be done, but I, there's some dynamic that happens with, with two people that uh, start to kind of feed off each other. I just, yep. I just really enjoy the podcast and in our format. So just want to give you my, my insight on that, but um, just what's going on. What's you got all kind of stuff going on, my friend, what's going on with you. So, Hey, I'll share, I've shared with the, the audience a little bit of, of this progression that I've made into this uh this effort for a, an offering around team building. And uh, I'm, I'm this week, I'm going to go public with that. And so for our audience here, it's uh, it's premature. I'll go ahead and tell you that it's premature, but I'm going to go ahead with our audience and go public with this. Uh, our audience can head over to fourenemies.com. That's the number four, fourenemies.com. And the purpose of that is to determine for your team, there's four enemies to teamwork. And the purpose of fourenemies.com is to enable you to determine for your team what enemy is destroying your teamwork. Uh, and it's got thorough explanation there on, on the website. And it's got a quiz at the end of that that you can take. And at the end of the, taking that quiz, it will pinpoint for you of these four enemies, which one is your team struggling with. And then I'll give you some insight into how you can defeat that particular enemy of your teamwork. Now, the website is up, but I'll just tell you the whole workflow, the, the quiz and into the final instructions, all of that is not complete. I hope to have that completed this week, but I'm just excited about that. I'm, I'm a team guy. I love teams and I love to watch teams w win. And, you know, the old, I, I think as I, as I named this, the four enemies of, uh, of teamwork, the old Marine came out in me and what I want to enable people to do is identify, locate, close with, and destroy the enemies of their teamwork. And so I'm excited to offer that up to our audience and, and the rest of the world. Again, I'll say it's a little bit premature. So if you start through the workflow, if you start through the quiz and you uh, arrive at what appears to be a dead end, it's just because I haven't finished that out, but it will be there uh, to come. So head over to fourenemies.com and you can uh, check what I'm building out there as well. Yeah. And uh, I took the quote. You're not going to get off the hook that easy. I have some questions. For you, <laughs> I'm sure you do. Uh, you know, you know uh, that that's coming. So I took the quiz. It's 20 questions. Yes. Right. It's 20 questions. Real simple to do. Easy to do. Um, how are you doing the quiz? What, what, app or plug-in are you doing for the quiz it's called interact quiz builder uh and it's okay. really really nice it's really intuitive um you basically build out the questions and like for me i build out the types of questions where i make a statement and then you have a range from you know strongly agree to strongly disagree right so you're just kind of rating your agreement of that statement as it relates to your team and then in the tool you can map any or all of those responses to a result and then basically what it does in the end it's calculating uh and it 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 takes them into whichever result has the majority of their outcomes right so if if they did 20 questions you know and 
and five of them went to result A and four of them went to result B, well, it's going to send you to result A, right? Because that's where the majority of your responses map to. So it's really intuitive. It's really powerful um, to build out that quiz. And I think it does a really, really, it's helping me do a really, really good job of, of ask, asking uh, really intuitive questions that I believe people can pretty easily answer whether or not they strongly or agree or disagree and that kind of thing. And then it's really easy to map that to one of these four enemies. Uh, so it's, it's a, it's a really, really a cool tool. Uh, it's called interactive or yeah, interactive, interact quiz builder. Let me, let me find the oh, website cool. again. Again. And, and are you able to, because as with, with the leader in the, kind of the owner of this product or the, uh, this process that you're, you're doing with four enemies or, or have you been able to test? Okay. My intent is I want, I want, um, if the weighted average is such and such, I want it to point people to this. Have you been able to kind of test all the different things based on the quiz results to see if it's pointing to the right, to the right four it, things? It, it, I have, I have been able to test it out and I've tested it out with a, a number of different people. I, you know, I know you took it and, and you sent me a note and said, yeah, I think I kind of agree with the result I got to. Um, so I, I think I've been able to identify for folks, what is the top enemy? Now, one thing that is still lacking there that I really want to build out the capability for. So there's four enemies. Well, you you may have, you know, maybe distrust is your biggest struggle, but misalignment may be a close second right behind that. And I want to be able to identify that as well for my quiz takers. And, and I haven't found a way to do that just yet. So I, I think I'm really, really effective in pinpointing your top struggle, but I can't yet articulate for you. Well, once you take care of trust, you got a big issue with misalignment as well. And, and so I, I'd love to be able to do that. Just of the four kind of rank them, right? And, and maybe you're good on these two, but the, the other two you're struggling with. So I'm still so looking to try to do that. Yeah. So if you're a listener to the podcast uh, or a subscriber and you've made it all the way to this far in the podcast, right? And you didn't stop at the at the content of leadership, but you said, oh, I want to see what these guys are up to. You could be a beta tester for this. It sounds like what I'm hearing. You could go in and take it. Absolutely. And if you have a, if you have, if you get to the end and you're like, man, like I did, I said, yeah, I think mine's pretty well aligned with the way I would kind of view it. And, and if you have feedback or if you have maybe, you know, I, I, I was a little surprised by that, you know, send Michael a note, say, Hey, it took the quiz. He'll see the quiz results, but you know, let them know what you think. If you, if you're listening to this part, um, you can be a, you can be a beta tester for this and, and help, help Michael um, maybe get more data to kind of validate what, what he believes is the case. And then I have to ask, since we're behind the scenes here, the intent, the intent is you're going to, you're validating this process. You're putting it into place. People are going to then take the quiz. They're going to come out with an outcome. And then that is going to lead them to uh, at some point more value. And then a paid service opportunity. What is that paid service or paid or paid product that you're thinking? Yeah. So I want, I want to be clear to say that, look, this is not a quiz where it's just going to point out one of your enemies of teamwork and then just leave you high and dry with nothing. Right. Um, I'm going to give you um, really, really good insight into how to defeat the individual the enemies of your teamwork as a part of the quiz. But then to your point, yes, uh, this can lead them further into more paid products that I'll have 
that I have available now, but I'll also have available more in the, in the future. Uh, ideally, uh, for those that really, really want to create an effective team, it'll lead into a workshop where I'll come on site, work with your team to build a good, effective uh, a team, uh, you know, among those individuals that you have on your team now. Uh, in the future, there'll be individual courses that you could take online, uh, that you could take as a group with your team. And, and uh, I, I see books in the future and all of that kind of thing, right? But for the moment, it's a, it's a quiz that gives you value that you can then, and, and action steps that you can then take away and uh, begin to defeat that enemy of your teamwork. But then it gives you the opportunity for, you know, a deeper dive in, in a workshop setting to build the effective team that you're looking for. And to your point earlier of our audience, if you take the quiz and, and you've got questions about, hey, is this right? Is this really my team? Please contact me. If you take the quiz and and you, you know, you resonate with it, you believe it's accurate for your team, but you run into one of those dead ends that I talked about that I, I just haven't finished out yet. It, it hasn't given you the value to fix that or defeat that enemy for your team, contact me. I'll get into, you know, we'll talk about it and I'll get you the information you need. Uh, you've just gotten ahead of me and I haven't put that out there yet, but I will certainly help you build the team that you need. And, and I know what I know about you and what all the listeners uh, probably know at this point, if they're listening or, or will know or should know is, is that this is closely aligned with your mission as a servant coach. Yes. Right. It is. It is. It's, it's value first. How can we as leaders, because we're geeks and nerds, uh, how can we help people improve their leadership impact, improve their engagement with their team? And as a servant coach, Michael is all in on value first, helping people. And then if there is an opportunity to more deeply help people, then potentially you can move through the old traditional funnel and products and services and coaching. Right. And, but, but that's secondary to the value and the, how do we, how do we as, as leaders uh, get value from Michael? It's, it's through these opportunities to get something. And that may be all you need. Mm -hmm. That may be like, that's all I needed. I just need a confirmation and you're off to the races, but there are future and deeper opportunities to engage with Michael on this as well. And I think that's what separates you from a lot of people, Michael, is you're not, you're not out there just, uh, you know, pimping your stuff. You're out there providing true, meaningful value. And another thing I'll say is, I don't know how the heck you get all these good domains. The four enemies.com. <laughs> I don't go out there and start buying this stuff well, and selling it to you because well, you figured this out. Well, go to the number four enemies, not, dot com. not the, not the number spelled out F O U R. Cause yeah, that goes somewhere else. Taken. I don't know where that goes. Oh my yeah, God. It was already taken. Yeah, you got all the good stuff, man. Anything else behind the scenes, or, or no? Tell, tell our audience what's going on with you. I know you got a speaking engagement coming up, and and all that. So tell us what you got going on. Yeah, so here's what's going on with me. So in my in my world of uh, of uh, in in Michael's case, bumblebees. Not are they bumblebees? Honey, honey, is that different than a bumblebee? No, it's most certainly different than a. Okay, I don't even see. I'm not a. I'm not Bee Man Bob like you. <laughs> But, uh, uh, you know, what I have going on, I do have a speaking engagement coming up uh, this Friday as we record this. This, this episode will be released on Monday, uh, May 18th. Uh, on May 22nd, I have a speaking engagement at a, at a, um, a virtual summit for 
Um, it's, it's called clearing the haze. It's about uh, marijuana use in workplaces and the detriment that has, and it's got a lot of experts on, on drugs and, and law enforcement that'll be there talking about, uh, the negative impact and how to, how to, um, to navigate that as a business owner or things like that. So, uh, my, my module or my opening keynote will be around leadership and, um, you know, how to deal with conflict and how to deal with different aspects of uh, dealing with these situations as a leader or a small business owner. So I'm excited about that. It'll be a, you know, it's a virtual summit. So a lot of things are going virtual these days. Uh, it's just, we've got to get better at it. And, and I'm, I'm really excited to attend that. And then on the other aspects of my business, I've taken my aerospace leader. And I know in their call to action here at the end, you're going to reference a different, different uh, website as my kind of primary contact. And this is something I've contemplated for, a while now, but what I've done is, is I'm, I'm looking at things in these niches. Um, they talk about riches in the niches, right? So, uh, you know, I, I think of it as value first in the niche, let's add some value. And then you have a greater chance of maybe engaging with someone in a paid relationship at some point. But uh, I have this promotion points website, armypromotionpoint.com. I have uh, now this aerospaceleader.com, which has been my primary method or of contact and engagement. I've, I still have that, that it still exists, but I've niched that down further within a segment of aerospace. And I want to start sending people over to more of a personal brand at stephenfaust.com. And uh, I, it's not completely kind of like uh, four enemies. It's not completely built out. It's not, you know, ready for prime time, uh, but it's good enough. Mm -hmm. It's good enough. It, I always say, if you wait for all the lights to be on green, you'll never, never even go through the first intersection. Right. So yeah. You got to get started, and and I struggle with that at times. And I start a lot of things, but I I don't finish things as quickly as I would like. But I am dedicated to getting this site to a kind of this MVP, minimum viable product of completion. I have a homepage, I have a basic about page, I have a basic work with me page, and I'm going to continue to work on that and start to funnel people that aren't in the niches that I'm out uh, talking with. Uh, and marketing to start using that as a, as a way to, to get people into being introduced with me. So that's one of the things I'm doing there. I got the, the talking, the speech, the speaking engagement this Friday. And, um, you know, that's taken up a lot of my time, just kind of refocusing, refocusing how I, how I look at my, my brand and the long-term impact of this, because I'm not in this for the next three months, right? This is, this is a horizon you. I want to look out into the future and say, how do I want to create a brand and maybe have these, these niches, these niche businesses operate independently, which will still be funneled into my personal brand. But I have a bar, for example, underneath my, my hero section that says, Hey, I also have these niche uh, businesses and I have the logos and links to those as well. But uh, it's just something I'm thinking about because I'm thinking of this in terms of the next, you know, 10 years. What am I doing over the next 10 years to create the right following and the right engagement? Yeah, no, I think that's good stuff, Stephen. I know you've got a, a couple of niches here and you've got a lot of uh, wisdom and content in, in a couple of different niches. I mean, obviously, you've got the aerospace leadership. You, you, you've got tremendous years of experience in, in aerospace and all that. And, and so you've got that niche of leadership in aerospace. You've got the, the Army promotion. I know you've got a book out there. Uh, and in, in building that around those that are in the army and they're, they're looking to navigate the promotional system of, of the army. I mean, I get it. I know that that's a 
kind of a unique uh, promotion system to navigate. And so you're uh, equipping those individuals uh, um, with that content that, that are looking for that in that niche. Uh, but then you're building out this personal brand, this Stephen Faust, which uh, StephenFaust.com, which to me, it, it feels like a, a portfolio view, if you will. So you've got the portfolio and then underneath that, you've got, you know, the various niches that you have, which today is, is aerospace and, and the army promotion stuff. So uh, I think that's a very wise way to build that out. So that's uh, yeah, a great way to look at yep. the portfolio yep. view. And, and um, you know, I intend to have different things on on that on that main website, the stephenfaust.com. I, you know, I plan to have some, some, obviously some free stuff, some free, free courses, some, you know, paid courses at some point. Uh, don't know. I'm kind of uh, learning and navigating this as, as I go, but I do know that I want to have a more personally tied in brand. Mm -hmm. uh, I do know that. And then I kind of figure the rest of this out as we go. And it's kind of like what small business owners and entrepreneurs do. They don't, they don't have all the answers. Right. We kind of figure this out. Just go. And yes. Yeah. Yep. The thing is, is activity motion. Yeah. Right. And, and try not to have too much wasted motion, but, but really get after it. And that part's exciting to me, building this brand, building these niches, creating passive income, creating this long view of, of how things are going to go. That's really exciting to me. And, and you're doing a, gr a lot of great stuff and I'm, I'm trying to keep up with you, my, my friend. And, and, uh, and that's what our relationship helps me do. It helps me stay connected, stay motivated, stay engaged, stay, not let the day job completely take me off of all the other things in life I want to accomplish. Mm -hmm. And, and I think we're both kind of in that same spot. So with that, I know we're running a little bit long. I appreciate the, the, the good stuff that you're doing and that we're doing together and you want to take us home? Yeah, let's do that. So call to action from a leadership standpoint, deliver the bad news. We talked about that earlier. If you've got to communicate bad news, do it, right? Do it timely manner, do it, get right to the point. Don't candy coat it. And then close with that encouraging message of togetherness. Uh, so from a podcast standpoint, your call to action, head over to leaderpreneurshow.com, leaderpreneurshow.com and be sure you subscribe to the podcast. And that's where you'll find the show notes for this particular episode. If you want to know everything Stephen Faust in all of his portfolio, you're going to head over to stephenfaust.com. That's Stephen with a V, S-T-E-V-E-N, Faust, F-O-U-S-T.com. Stephenfaust.com. You'll find all things Stephen. And for me, you can still head over to credibleleaders.com. And then, as I said earlier, if you want to be a part of that uh, that, that beta customer around our uh, team building quiz, you can head over to fourenemies.com. That's the number four enemies.com. And then next week, episode number 34, Steve and I are going to be talking to you about performance reviews, communication in the midst of performance reviews. So you don't want to miss next week's episode. And until Stephen and I speak to you next week, be blessed and lead well. <laughs>